Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey, we are continuing today our series the gift. And last Sunday, we, we, we talked about how Christmas season is about Jesus, right? And I mean, we kind of all know this is, you know, you know, just as our preschoolers saying, uh, happy birthday, Jesus. It's about him. It's about his birthday, right? But at the same time, Christmas, a big part of Christmas is gifts. And it's funny how in our culture, gifts have almost developed their own language to them where you can tell a lot about uh, what somebody thinks about you by the kind of gift they give you. And last week I shared with you about my friend Dwayne Goodrich. Is Dwayne here today? He's in the lobby. Okay, well, anyway, Dwayne's in the lobby. Uh, but you know, he's probably talking to someone. That's what Dwayne does, right? Kevin Hart 2.0. But, uh, you know, anyway, though, Dwayne, what, what I said about him was, is, is that, I, you know, we're going to chip in. The whole church is going to chip in to get him some new shoes. Because this dude's wearing lugs from 2001. Okay, and, and it's like he's still stuck in that decade. So we need to get him into this decade. So we're going to come together as a church and we're going to help him get into this decade. All right. But, and what I'm trying to imply by giving him that gift is, 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 is your, your dress style is terrible. Okay. And we have been, his wife would second that. And so she, we have actually, we're actually planning a weekend trip. Uh, the, uh, December 28th, we're going to take him to uh, either short pump or we're taking him to the outlets. And we are going to get him into this decade. So y'all can pray as we take him and get him shot. But here's the thing, right? Gift has its own language to it. And you can tell a lot about gifts. But also, too, you can, you know, and really this week here is the question. What kind of gift giver are you? Because I think the Christmas season, it kind of exposes or, or it kind of exacerbates kind of what kind of gift giver we, we, we like are. Are we a generous gift Giver, or are we kind of the ones that people know if we're giving them a gift, it's gonna, it's gonna be a five dollar Starbucks gift gift card, right? Like it, it you, know, you know, I'm saying Christmas. I think kind of exposes like what kind of gift givers we are. And what I want to do today, what I want to actually help us with is, I want to help you today become a great gift giver, become a generous. Gift giver. No matter where on a spectrum of one to ten, if you would grade yourself or give you a certain number of what kind of gift giver you are, I hope that if you're a three today, that you would be inspired to be a five. Whether if you're a one today, you'd be inspired to be a three. Or if you're a nine today, you might need to be a seven because your budget is no, because you you have a nine heart with a two budget. <laughs> that was that that was my mom. My mom had a ten heart and a one budget. And right, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yep, I paid for it. All, I paid for all of it, right? right? But at the same time, I want to help you be a good gift giver. And we're going to actually today look at someone that is really, really important in this whole Christmas story thing. And that is Mary, who is Jesus's mother. Now, depending on what faith background you are, you, you are a part of growing up, uh, Mary sort of has different importance levels where, you know, if you grew up, Catholic, Mary was someone that you pray to. If you were in more of a traditional Christian, uh, Christian setting, Mary is, is kind of just kind of, you know, just kind of 
known as being the mother of Jesus. But, but, but regardless of where she is on your kind of like faith level, uh, we can actually look at, at the correspondence between Gabriel, the angel that appeared to Mary and Mary, and we can actually see from her life how we can be and all be inspired to be a better gift giver. You know, Jesus said this, it's better to give than to what? Receive. And what we, and probably a scripture verse that all of us know and that we probably all learned growing up is John 3, 16, that says, for God so loved the world that he he gave. So in the very nature of who God is, our God is a generous giver. He is someone that, that it is the overflow of God's heart to be a generous giver. Now, if, if we say this is, this is the core of who God is, is this the core of God's people? And what, what we would see stats-wise, and, and, and he's like, what, what simple statistics tell us those that kind of, of do ana- analytics on Christians and giving, specifically with their finances, we actually see what these stats tell us is Christians as a, as a whole give, a, give, uh, give away about 2% of their resources about 2% Christians. Now, if you were to say, okay, let's not just pick on Christians, let's pick on the non-Christians. Those that don't claim the name of Jesus, those that don't go to, to church, well, surely what Christians give has got to be more than what non-Christians give. Well, whenever you actually check out stats and people, like I said, that do numbers on this stuff, what you actually find is Christians give away 2% of their, of, of their income, and non-Christians actually give away 2% of their income as well. So what you find is, is, is that there is actually no difference between how generous Christians are with their finances and how generous unchristians are with their finances. Now, the crazy part is, is that whenever you look back at church history, even going back to the early church, what you actually find is a trademark of how the early church got got to be so, so popular and got to have such great influence is the way they dealt with their stuff, specifically their finances. One, uh, one pastor scholar actually said this here. It says, the early church was strikingly different from the culture around it in this way. The pagan, <laughs> the pagan society was stingy with its money and promiscuous with its body. A pagan gave no one their money and practically gave everybody their body. And the Christians came and gave practically nobody their body, and they gave practically everybody their money. It's kind of like a distinguishing characteristic of someone that claimed the name of Christ is how they, view, is how they viewed, dealt with, and was generous with their stuff. And what I want to challenge us to today is, is are we known as Christians, individually and corporately, for being some of the most generous people on the planet. That the really is in response to the generosity that God is and the generosity that God has given to us. So we're going to actually take a look at Mary's life today briefly and see how we can be a generous gift giver. Luke 1, 26 through 37. This is the account of Gabriel appearing 
to Mary. Let's check this out together. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I think she said what a lot of us would say, or what she confused and disturbed. Right? Confused and disturbed. Uh, Mary tried to think what this angel could mean. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be, the, and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, and this is a really good question, but how can this happen? How can this happen? How can this happen? I am a virgin. Good question. Uh, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And then it says this, for the word of God will never fail. When, when, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her on God's behalf and said, through you, the savior of the world is going to be born. Through you, the generosity of God is going to be shown. Not shockingly, the first response that Mary had was fear. Was fear. I don't blame her. Through you, yeah, the whole, the, the whole Savior is going to be born. The world's going to be blessed through you, Mary. Her first response was fear. And honestly, many times, when, when God calls us to be generous, our first response many times is fear. We have a fear of lack. God, do you want me to be generous? Like, don't you see? Like, I've, I've got, you know, I'm saying, like, like, we get fearful and we get scared and we get timid. But honestly, fear will always hinder you from being generous. Fear will always hinder you from being generous. But here's the thing, right? I think in our culture and sometimes even in the church, we have labeled fear as being a bad thing. But honestly, scripture says we should fear the Lord. The, we should actually have a holy reverence. We should have this kind of like, oh, so here's the thing, right? It's not whether fear is good or bad because fear isn't good or or bad it's whether you fear the right things fear can actually be a positive thing when you fear the right things like honestly one of the big reasons why we planted this church is because we are fearful of where people are going to spend eternity we are fearful of the fact that there are people in our city that haven't heard the good news that god loves them cares for them and died for them so the response of some of the fears that we have of people not having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ was saying we will start a church that solely exists to reach people far from God and to help all people experience life change through Christ. Fear can actually be a healthy motivator if you fear the right things. And honestly, I, th I think we fear being generous because we don't fear the right things. I wish that we would fear even more the kind of people we will become if we aren't generous. 
Like, I wish that we would have a holy fear for what kind of people we turn out and we become. And, and, and we show people, like, what kind of people we are if we are not generous. And I, my prayer is that our church would fear that more than the fear of being generous. Because if we do not fear what kind of people we turn into, if we don't give, we, we, we will never be overflowing and, and here's the thing, exuberant in our, gener- in our generosity. We will always be ruled by fear. If we won't have enough, we'll always be ruled by the fear of, well, what, what if? And just like Mary was confused and disturbed and had fear, if we don't fear the right things, we will be ruled by fear. You know, let me share kind of a pastoral confession. Can I do that? This is my conf- I'm not confessing sin or anything, okay? So don't be like, you know. But, you know, here's the thing, right? Like most, most churches at this time do sort of year-end offering. I see all of my pastoral friends doing it, right? They're all, you know, we're going to do a legacy offering, a this offering, a whatever offering, right? And, you know, churches try to influence people to, like, to be generous, influence people to, like, give. And some of y'all have felt that pressure unhealthily. Uh, we don't do that here. We, we don't believe people should give out of guilt or compulsion. We are not a church that is going to to shame you or guilt you like that that's not the game we play here right like we 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 don't play that here but but honestly what i've seen most churches do whenever they're doing some sort of year-end offering or they're doing some sort of giving campaign or something like that they show testimony videos of of people that say things like you know i gave you know i gave an offering of five hundred dollars and two weeks later in the mail I had a check up here out of thin air. And it was a check for $5,000. And so, you should give. And because if you give, you might get a check in the mail too. <laughs> right? And it's, 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 it's here's the thing. I, I, I get it. I get it. And, and honestly, here's the thing. I believe that you reap what you sow. It is an eternal principle. All right? You should sow with wisdom, right? But, but like, I believe that God is a God where if you're generous with, with him, a byproduct of that is, is God will entrust more to you because he can trust you. Okay? I'm not saying that I don't believe that, but what I am saying is we have to make sure we understand what the greatest benefit we receive from being generous is not a check in the mail for $5,000. The greatest benefit we receive from being generous is we become more generous. And we actually mirror and start to become more like the God we serve who is generous. A secondary benefit of us being generous is if God decides he wants to give something back. But the truth is this, if God never gave you another daggone thing, If he never gave you another dollar, if he never gave you 
If he never gave you nothing, he has already given you what you needed the most. And that was a right relationship with him through his son coming down, living a perfect life that you could not live and dying the death. You should have died in your place and for your sin and creating a way for you to be made right with God by grace through faith. That was your greatest need. And because God is a generous God, it's who he is. Anything we do that is Generous is simply in response to God's already poured out and given generosity to us. We don't give because, like, God's some cosmic stock market. Like, hey, God, here's 500. I want 5,000. No, it's not that way. We give based out of God has already generously given to us. So we give because God's already been generous. And we don't give with this whole idea of I give to get. So here's the, I never want our church to be like, well, you know, it's like, you know, but like we believe God will bless you as you bless the church, as you are, are, are focused on what God is focused on, which is, which is God's hands and God's feet being his hands and feet in the community. But at the same time, we don't want to guilt you or pressure you or make you think there's going to be some genie check to show up in your mailbox. We want you to give out of a heart that says God has already been generous to me. Anything I do for the rest of my life is simply in response to God's already poured out generosity to me. And the greatest benefit we receive from being generous isn't a check. It's the fact that we become more like God who is generous. Any act of generosity we do is in response to God's already given generosity to us. So you've got to have the right motives. Where the heck am I? I just got myself wound up. I need a sec. I went like this in first service. I don't know. Whew, Jesus, help me. I need some water. Can I get some water? Okay, thank you. Thank you. I've been battling this stick and sickness for like three weeks. Anyway, okay. Secondly, you, you, firstly, you've got to fear the right things. I pray we would have a healthy fear of the kind of people we become if we're not generous. But... But secondly, we see Mary's response when she even had confusion and she was disturbed and she had fear. Her response was found in verse number 30, 38, and this is what she said. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So her response to Gabriel coming on behalf of God and saying, I want to use you to deliver the greatest gift that this world has ever seen through. Her response was, I am not my own. I am his. And, and there was this idea. Mary got what we need to get. Here's the thing. Generosity is fueled by you understanding it's not yours. And by when I say it's, that's Greek. I'm just kidding. It's not Greek. It's, it's, when I say it's, whatever you want to throw in that it's, but I'm going to break it like your time, the time that God has given you, the talents and skills that God has given you, your financial resources, your house, your car. When you start to follow Christ, there is a change of ownership with everything in your life. And it switches from you being the, the owner and CEO of your life to now you give over titles, ownership papers to the king of kings and lord of lords. And now you become a steward and not an owner. And a steward is a, is a word for someone that manages somebody else's property for the benefit of the one that entrusted it to them. A steward says, this is not mine, 
It is simply the person that entrusted it to me. Therefore, I'm going to invest it for the benefit of the one that entrusted this to me. And here's the thing. As a Christ follower, your time, your talent, your treasure, nothing you have is your own. It switches ownership. And that's why we need a holy reverence and a holy awe by realizing we've been given one life. God has entrusted to us a certain amount of finances, a certain amount of health, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of talents that we are called then to say, how are we going to invest our time, talent, and treasure for the benefit of the one that entrusted it to me? And what is the most important thing to God more than anything? It's people. What did God die, die for? People. Who does God love more than anything? People. And that's the thing. Whenever you take your time, your talent, church, and you invest it for the benefit of the stuff that God cares about, then you are investing it wisely. And your generosity is fueled whenever you realize it's not mine anyway. A core value at our church is simply this. You are blessed to be a blessing. That's a value we hold as a church corporately. So there are people you give and you give and, and, and you give generously. We thank you for that, but we understand every dollar we get is not ours. It's not Lifehouse Churches. It is God's. And we want to steward it well, and, and, and we want to say that God has blessed us for the simple purpose of being a blessing to this city. And, and here's the thing, thing right? What we see in scripture, even from the very beginning, when God blessed Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to, I mean, everyone here, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father. Okay, some of y'all like, yo, what's this weird church song? But if you've been in church any amount of time, you know, Father Abraham, many sons, many sons had father Abraham. I'm one of them. So he said, let's praise the Lord. All right, arm, left foot. Okay. Like, you get that right. But anyway, like, one of God's promises to, to Abraham he said, I'm going to bless you. And many of us would stop right there and be like, thank you, God. I'm your favorite. I'm on God's Christmas card. Like, God loves me more than anybody. But God said, I'm going to bless you so I can bless the world through you. We see even from the very, one of the very first people that God blessed, he said, I'm going to bless you so then through you, the world can be blessed. As I bless you, I get the blessing through you. And, and here's the thing, generosity is fueled when you realize everything you've been blessed with, God only gives you not for you, but he gives it to you so he can give it through you. I call this open-handed living. Where... If when here's the thing, when we live with an open hand, meaning God, I'm a steward. What I have is not mine. And God puts something there. What honestly many of us do is we go like this. Thanks, God. But the whole idea of blessed to be a blessing is when God puts it there, you then become a conduit. No, take it. Yeah. And then the cool thing is, is when you live open-handedly, when, when it's open, God can put more in. Altoids. 
Your breath does not stink, but I'm just using this as a sermon example. But, but God can't put anything if you live with a closed hand. And, I, and honestly, many of us live because we are fearful, because we've been burned in the past, because we think people, they take advantage of us. And they do. Do you know, God, people take advantage of God all the time. But God is more concerned about the kind of person you are becoming, whether you are being taken advantage of or not. God's more concerned about the kind of person and the kind of heart you have. But he, he wants you to live with an open hand. He wants to know if, if I bless them, who's going to benefit? If I bless, who's going to get blessed? And, and, and y'all, I'm telling you this because in our culture, I'm sorry, I need my towel back, thank you. In our culture, you have a cultural tsunami, and it is a tsunami. Advertising, marketing is all set up to make you feel like you don't have enough. It is all set up to make you feel like you need more. And it knows how to get your appetites just right to get a discontentment in you that makes you think you need to spend more time, more energy, more finances on stuff that you think will make you happy, but in the light of eternity, don't mean a daggone thing and will leave you feeling more empty than ever. And here's the thing, if you aren't disciplined, and this was a disciplined in your generosity, where you have a lifestyle set up, guardrails put in to keep you being generous, you, the onslaught of just our selfish, particular nature, think about it, what's the first words kids say when they start to talk? Mine, me. I got three boys, eight, five, and three. It's a selfish fest at the warehouse. <laughs> selfish fest. It's like a selfish con. Con, you know, conference at the warehouse. They're teaching us lessons on selfishness. And <laughs> but honestly, many of us don't grow up from that. And that is why one of the greatest things that God offers us and gives us is it gives us a pathway and way because of the generosity that God has given us. And as we put in place particular disciplines and, guard, and guardrails, practices, we, we become generous because it's not something that we're just gifted with. We're generous because we practice it. And some of y'all think, oh, just, y'all I just, want, I just want people to give so y'all can, so y'all can, get, y'all can get money. About. No, so the greatest discipline you can do for yourself to become a generous person is to practice the art of being generous and being disciplined. But here's the thing, God blesses you, God puts stuff in your hands to be a blessing through. Think about Mary, whenever she said, I am yours. God, you have blessed me with a good womb. This womb is yours. Put your baby in my womb. And I will deliver and I will birth and and I will carry and I will be a deliverer of a generous gift. What if you took your time, your talent, and treasure and said, God, it's yours. It's yours. Take it. First thing is you got to fear the right thing. you gotta fear the, you got to fear what kind of person you'll develop in if you are not generous more than you fear being generous. Secondly, you got to switch the whole thing from being an owner to being a steward. And you got to realize you're blessed to be a blessing. But thirdly, what, what we see that Mary did 
is right after this encounter with this angel Gabriel, she actually busts into a song where the, where, where the actual heading in the Bible, when it, when it, when it, when it, when it, it gives scripture headings, <coughs> is it says Mary's song. And Mary busts out this song. Do you know what the song was all about? The faithfulness of God in the past. The faithfulness of God in the past. Because generosity is fueled by remembering God's faithfulness to you in the past. Because some of y'all, me included, like we get amnesia. We get amnesia about how faithful God has been to us in the past. And we forget the battles and trials that God has already won for you and already brought you through. And how God has been faithful to you you in the past. And God's faithfulness to you in the past is God's fuel to give you faith for the future. Like, honestly, when God calls Kristen and I to go to new levels of generosity, and that's what, and that's what we, we want to live on less so we can give more. I don't want a new standard of living. I want a new standard of giving. I don't, I, honestly, we want to live on less so we can give more away. What if we had that switch? But here's the thing, right? I mean, whenever God calls us to new levels of generosity, I go back to to a time, and I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it one more time about how we were, I, I was working a couple jobs. I was in full-time college, Kristen. We just had a, a couple kids really young, and Kristen was staying at the, you know, was staying at home, being the stay-at-home stay mom thing, and we were a single-income family, and it was tight. It was really tough, and, and I was sort of projecting coming up, uh, you know, probably in three or four months into the summertime, and just kind of saying, like, okay, okay we were going to be about three, thirty-five hundred, four thousand dollars $4,000 short. And I remember a couple weeks later, and, and, but like $3,500 appeared in our account from the IRS. I'm like, I ain't telling no one. Because <laughs> we had already gotten a tax return, which we were grateful for and thankful for. But then we get like this other like chunk of money from the IRS. And I'm like, I ain't telling no one. <laughs> like, hmm? <laughs> Nope, ain't telling no one. But I did, and I was like, I'm a pastor. I should probably call the IRS, see what happened. And actually, what happened was is what 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 had happened is we missed a child tax credit. We missed it, and they saw it and gave us thirty five hundred dollars. I was like, if the Lord will use the IRS to cover the stupidity of his people. God can use anybody in anything. But honestly, whenever God calls us to a new level of generosity and a new level of giving, I think about that. And some of y'all, you need to go back and remember how faithful God has been to you. And you might say, well, I'm just, you know what? If you're sitting in this room, God's been faithful to you. If you are sitting in this room, God has been faithful to you. And for some of you here, generosity is a trust issue. Because you don't trust the King of kings and Lord of lords who says he will take care of you. But also, too, God has put his church here to help you. 
Like, honestly, if you are here and you need help, like you need financial help, you need financial coaching and financial counseling, we have systems in place at, at this church. We're not just saying, be generous, give. No, like we're we here to help, y'all. We are here to help. We have systems in place to help you because we want to see you become generous, but not just generous, but be in a place to be generous. Because some of you want to be generous, you just don't know how. Like your budget doesn't allow it. We want to help you. So if you need help, like reach out to us. We have systems in place. But look, for some of you here, you need to be reminded and you need to take a look back and see how God has been faithful to you in the past. Just as Mary did when she said, I am the Lord's servant. She busted into song and immediately started repeating the faithfulness of God in the past. And some of you today, the whole reason for you being here is for you, being re, is for you to be reminded. And that will be the fuel that you need moving forward, to be a generous gift giver, to grow in your giving, to be a good gift giver. You've got, you, you've got to fear the right stuff. Secondly, you've got to know you're blessed to be a blessing. God doesn't give it to you just for yourself. He gives it to you to give it through you. And thirdly, remember the faithfulness of God. And I guarantee you put these three things into practice, you'll be a great gift giver. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.